every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. And to find out more about our ministry projects worldwide, go to our ministry website, 18catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 50th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Falkenstein. Thank you so much for being with us. And I'm here again with Ken Watmore. Ken, how are you doing? You're, it sounds like you're continuing to be busy and got a lot going on. Yeah, doing great. And yeah, I do feel like it's, I always respond that way, right? That just incredibly busy. And I guess, you know, having six kids and yeah. uh, and working, right? It just uh, keeps us busy, but I'm so thankful for that, of course. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. And we're slowly, at least here in Colorado, kind of getting some fall weather. I mean, we're still in kind of, it's a little cool today and I think it's snowing some in the mountains already. So yeah, it's coming in it. It sure is. Yeah. Pikes Peak had snow, I think yesterday. And, you know, I'm, I love fall, but I love all the seasons. So, you know, it's always to see summer go away. I feel like, well, we didn't do enough this summer to enjoy summer, but then oh, right. to see fall coming in, I, you know, I look forward to a lot of things that fall has to offer too, especially for us, you know, fishing though, uh, with yeah. football season for three of my boys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's getting away for fishing is even a little tough. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I just saw, I think on uh, Facebook today that the Broncos uh, season opener is 16 days away. So that's kind of, that's kind of exciting. So yeah, maybe we'll have a quarterback in 16 days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That could be a whole episode in itself, but right. uh, <laughs> yeah, no one's really distinguishing themselves really as a starter, are they? So Anyway, that's that's a, a discussion for another day. So, well, Ken, it's so great that we've got another fun topic to talk about on this, the fiftieth episode, by the way, because that's kind of a that's kind of a fun deal too. And so, Ken, as I was just telling you, and I'll tell the folks listening kind of where we're going with this episode. You know, I have been doing a lot more speaking about the Great Commission, and I've got a talk that I give that's sort of a sort of a what is the Great Commission, why is it important, and what are some, I have these six steps to Great Commission fulfillment. And so just trying to be as knowledgeable as I can about this topic, I've got these three passages that I use to to define what is the Great Commission. So we just pull the definition of the Great Commission straight from Scripture. And one of those three verses, of course, is Acts 1.8, which is the passage that we've then used for the rebranding of our ministry with 1.8 Catalyst. And so what I'm trying to do is read the, the passages sort of before the actual Great Commission passage and after and know the context and, you know, whatnot. And so in that process... You know, I was reading through uh, Acts chapter 1, and in Acts chapter 1, of course, we have 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's the passage that we that we use, you know, that God's calling all of us to be his witnesses in a variety of different places. And it was interesting, Ken, because as I was looking through the, you know, the first, what we call the first seven verses of uh, Acts chapter one, you know, there was something that struck me that I think is very applicable today. And so if it sounds good to you, we'll spend some time kind of talking around it. And so what we're calling this is just kind of the, you know, dealing with our kind of our daily physical lives versus, you know, keeping our eyes on the prize, so to speak, in terms of what Jesus wants us to be doing. And so, yeah, I know you and I have kind of talked about this before. How does that sound to you? Uh, it sounds good. I'm, I'm excited about this. Yeah. So what I thought we could do is just go through and kind of read the the passage. And so if you're if you're listening at home or via iTunes, feel free to, you know, to pull up Acts chapter one yourself and, uh, you know, either paper form or more and more, as I see you're doing, Ken, more people are just pulling up the electronic versions, right? Yeah. Or the app versions. It's kind of nice, actually, isn't it? It's nice. It's a, it's interesting. I was thinking about that the other day. You know, I'm so, and I, I still, I bring my Bible to church and I, you know, I, I'm one of these guys who writes in my Bible, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm always opening my Bible and writing in my Bible. And you know, I, I want to see other people opening their Bible and writing in their Bible and, you know, studying along in church. And more and more, you know, so many people reach for their phones, which almost is one of the, you know, like a couple of years back, I would have said, man, these people are on their phone in church. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right. <laughs> but now it's pretty much the norm for someone to be on a tablet or a phone because they're following along and, you know, the one of the many just in the Bible or, you know, like Bible Gateway, Blue Letter Bible, all these different options that we have out there. They're really great. Yeah, they are really great. Although it's interesting that you mentioned that. It's a longer story, but about six or seven months ago, I had my version app Mm -hmm. open and there was an older lady that was sitting next to me a couple of of seats down. And when this when the service was over, she actually made mention to me about, you know, kind of in a derogatory way, what, you know, kind of, why were you on your phone at church? You know, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, well, I was just using my, you know, she didn't understand right. that I was actually reading along in the Bible. Right, right. You know, so if you're not used to that or you're not, you don't know about that technology, you know, it's easy to, to get lost. So anyway, so, so if we, you know, as we look at Acts chapter one, of course, you know, we get to, you know, verse six, you know, the first five verses. Luke is just talking about kind of here's what's happened and here's kind of the kind of the wrap up of kind of what we've I've already written about. And then in verse six, he kind of moves on and he says, so when they had come together, them, by the way, meaning the disciples, this is the disciples coming together with Jesus. They asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Which is interesting for them to have talked about that because you know, they had concluded from his resurrection and the promise of the Holy Spirit that this messianic era had dawned and the final salvation of Israel was imminent. So, you know, they had, uh, they had seen all these signs of what Jesus had done, that he'd, he said he was going to resurrect, and then he did, right? He promised the Holy Spirit, and, you know, it was coming. You know, they were probably still expecting the restoration of a military and political kingdom that would drive out the Roman armies. And so you remember the, you know, of course, the Romans, uh, Pontius Pilate even is in the in the gospel stories, and they were looking for Jesus to be the one to restore national sovereignty, as it happened several times in the Old Testament. And, you know, that's a could be a much longer message of its own. But, you know, it's interesting, Ken, isn't it, how the after all that had happened, after all that Jesus had already said, that they were still expecting this 
kind of this the kind of more of a a king of Israel to come along to restore things. I mean, they didn't quite still after all that had happened. They didn't quite get it, did they? Right. I mean, for them, I think they say, okay, now we now we know, even though they've said they know that he's God, right? They they know that he's the Lord. You are who you say you are. And yeah, we've said we've believed you, but now that you're resurrected, like, wow, we really believe you now. Yeah, right. right. And victory is ours, right? I mean, yes, that's is, right. If you can do that, I mean, certainly you can overthrow <laughs> everybody and, you know, and we all live as royalty, basically. And, I, and I'm not so sure that, that their intent is to live as royalty, but the bottom line is that they felt like now we really have complete victory in our grasp. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. That's right. And of course, the parallel in our lives, of course, as we, you know, as we try to serve the Lord and we try to, you know, we try to do what he wants us to do. You know, there's a lot of times too, when we're expecting Jesus or we're expecting God to do one thing or another in our lives, or we want him to do certain things, just like they wanted, you know, the restoration of Israel and the dr- driving out of the Roman armies. We want things to happen in a certain way. And many times they don't happen in that exact way. Right. Right. Yeah. That's right. So, so that is at least some of the parallels is that, you know, we look to God a lot of times to do a, th- a certain thing in our lives. And it turns out that you know, yeah, he's uh, he's going to do what he wants to do, and he kind of talks about that, or he says that in the in the in his response to Lord, will you at time restore the kingdom of Israel? The passage goes on and says, he said to them, "It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority," which was which is really a way to say, right? I mean, this is my domain, mm. not yours. And he refo- he's refocusing them on what's important, which is good for us too, isn't it? To, to go, hey, Lord, whatever it is you want to do, you do it. I have some things I'd like to see happen here, but at the end of the day, you know, this is your job. And sometimes that's hard, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, this leads into a lot of thought processes, right, of mm-hmm. how we look at our, you know, our relationship to the Lord and then in relation to what, you know, we're supposed to do in our lives. And that it goes to that idea of, you know, waiting on the Lord and, you know, all the, the well, God hasn't opened this door for me yet kind of discussion, you know. And a lot of times I think that God, you know, I think we've probably talked about this a little bit too, right, is that the, I think that God's basically given them and given us through this the the idea that, hey, look, you know, you're going to run into a lot of open doors. You're going to run into a lot of closed doors. And there's times uh-huh. when I, there's times when I clearly want you to wait for me to do something. But when it comes to the, you know, the next step in life, you know, you, you have been given and, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but you've been given the Holy spirit. You've been given power and authority and your job is quite simple and what it is. Right. And mm-hmm. don't just bust through the door, you know, go to the open doors, go to the closed doors, get through them with the one purpose in mind is that share me with people, uh-huh. care for them, love That's on them right. and do these simple little things that I've told you to do. And I got everything else. You know? <laughs> and, and he does. Yeah, that's and, right. And don't worry about it. Don't worry about yeah. the time. Don't worry about this. You're not going to know. You're never going to know. Just do the thing that I gave you to do, yeah. which is yeah. not that tough. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, Ken, when I was thinking about this too, the other thing that came to my mind was, you know, you had these disciples who, you know, had just seen Jesus do such amazing things. And they're still talking about, you know, the final salvation of Israel, thinking it was imminent that they, you know, that uh, they were expecting this restoration of a military and political kingdom. And I think sometimes, particularly because I've been, I've been really struggling with 
at least mentally, this whole political season that we've been having. And, sure. You know, I don't know what you think about all of this. I'm not all that excited about really either of our two candidates. Right. You know, <laughs> and, you know, as a Christian, a lot of times I think, well, certainly if God, you know, I mean, as a country generally, I mean, on our very money we have in God we trust, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've tried to honor God and our country. And I think, you know, on one hand, I both want to try to, you know, influence what's going on politically. But sometimes it is also a thing we just have to kind of surrender to the Lord and go. I mean, it would be great to have a candidate who honors him. And it'd be great to have a candidate that was seeking his face, even as they were, if they were to become president of the United States. And it sounds like in this case, you know, we probably will have a a next president, neither one who will really do that. Right. And so we kind of go, in that same way, Jesus is saying, hey, this is not for you to know what I'm doing here. I mean, you know, we know he's still sovereign, yeah. right? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's just easy to get caught up in a lot of these things and kind of wonder what God's doing. I mean, are you, do you have similar thoughts as well? Yeah, it's a tough season for me because I've always been quite politically active and, you know, I'm, I'm very conservative and I, I'm usually pretty outspoken in, during these seasons, even, you know, even on a local level. And I do think that that's frankly the answer is to, for us to all be super, you know, hyper involved on a local level because, you know, we, we've kind of got to get back to starting at the bottom again and working mm. our way up to the top. And if we want a leader who represents the Lord well, We've got to appoint those leaders in local office and then help them move up the ladder over a period of time. And until we can do that, I mean, until somebody can see an example of a great godly leader making a difference on a local level and then on a, on a little bit bigger, but local or regional level, right? Those, then people in the country can say, oh, wow, you know, maybe there is something to this guy's ethics and values and, you know, his faith or her faith, if it's a woman. I mean, if, if we can get that done, I think that we have an opportunity to put somebody in place in a, in a higher office, right, that, uh, that would represent the Lord well and put kingdom purposes and fulfillment in place. Oh, right. But at the same time, you know, that's going to meet plenty of opposition because the way the culture is, and we know biblically that it's going to continue to demise the culture is going to continue to dwindle away from the Lord's purposes. We're going to have a a more clear separation from those who follow God and those who are opposed to God. And we know that that's going to happen. So it's a hard place to be when you are trying to accept that that's going to happen, but still be diligent and trying to make a difference because I think God wants us to. And when it applies to this position we're in now as a country, um, because your question to me is, am I having that same feeling? Yeah. I mean, I can't stand either of the candidates. And for me as a conservative, though, I, you know, I, I want to vote the Republican ticket because of what I think that promotes for the party in the future. Oh, I'm, not, right. I'm looking past the candidate to the other people that will be involved in cabinet and what that'll hopefully bring up to the top of the water, so to speak. You know, I, mean, oh, I right. think that Mike Pence probably brings a lot of good people yes. along with him. He's, mm-hmm. He loves the Lord. He's a good man. But I but I'm certainly looking past the candidate because frankly, I, you know, I, I'm not a, not a fan. Oh, right. But certainly so at some point yeah. again, you have to maybe just trust the Lord and go, okay, God, you've, yeah. you've got this, right? Yeah. And I also have to realize that, you know what, it's going to be one or the other. And, you know, I don't, I don't oh, see right. a, a third party coming in no. to be, have Probably any not. validity or, or, or chance. So it's going to be one or the other. And then if it, if I'm, you know, so many people are talking about voting the lesser of two evils, right? And I, 
I actually think that in this is one of those situations where if you, if I'm looking past the candidate and what the potential is for the people that come in with that candidate, I'm not so sure it's a bad idea to to vote. To my vote is a vote maybe against the Democratic Party oh, instead right. of for uh, the Republican <laughs> Party necessarily in this case. But. All right. Well, that's good. Well, Ken, let's let's take our break real quick, and uh, when we come back, we'll finish the second half of this verse and come up with some final conclusions. And thanks everyone for joining us in. We'll be back right after our friend Tom Muller says a few words. Hi, I'm Tom Muller. As a pastor or ministry leader, you know the value of having congregation members excited about God's work, both at home and abroad. Think about having a church full of people who know their place in God's great mission, engaged to reach the world for Jesus. That's a church on fire. Or maybe you're a conference director looking for a dynamic speaker to come in and point people toward fulfilling the Great Commission in their lives. Mike Falkenstein would love to come and serve your church or conference by making a great speech to attendees on a Sunday morning or for a weekend event, making your event a huge success. Mike has a deep desire to make your job easier. Visit Mike's website at mikefalkenstein.com and go to the speaking page to find out more about how you can have him come and serve you in this way. Well, Ken, we're having a fantastic conversation. So on this Acts 1 passage, of course, you know, they were thinking that one thing was going to happen and really got, uh, Jesus was saying, no, something else was going to happen. And I love this second half of the verse where in Acts chapter 1, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Now, it's interesting, Ken, of course, to mention that, I mean, literally this Great Commission passage of Acts 1-8 was literally the very last thing that he said which is something I always mention to people. And then and right away, you know, the ascension happened. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you in heaven will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. And boy, I sure love that, Ken, because... You know, just as we were saying, you know, we expect a lot of times in our own lives um, certain things to happen, but God says, hey, this is not for you to know. I'm doing something here, which, by the way, may be applicable to what you were just talking about, Ken, right? I mean, neither one of us are that excited. Maybe God's doing something that we have no idea he's doing, right? Right. Like coming back. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Maybe coming back. Yeah, that's right. And so maybe he's even saying to both of us going, hey, it's not for you to know exactly what I'm doing here, you know? So, but certainly, I guess a couple of things, Ken, as I was reading this passage, I think what hit my heart was whatever happens in our lives, even if it goes against what we thought was going to happen or in our country, Jesus refocuses all the time, right? And says, hey, your job is to be my witnesses in your local area, in your state, your country, and around the world. And there could be all kinds of chaos going on around us, but Jesus continues to say and refocus us in saying, just share me with others, you know, just be my witnesses. And I just thought that was really profound because, you know, it's just easy to go, 
just you you know get too get too kind of caught up on the worry side and jesus continues to say hey you know <laughs> given what what else we know about you know what jesus says about worry and not to worry and what apostle paul says about you know god is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ever ask or imagine and you know putting that into our into our lives and you know that's a good word in that yeah absolutely yeah I was. I think it's funny in that passage, right? The, the two men stood by them, white robes, and said, "Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven?" Almost to say, like, "Hey, what are you sitting on your butts for?" Yeah, right. He, he just told you what to go do. Now <laughs> yeah, go do right. it. You know. And at least that's at least a, li- a little funny, right? Yeah. Because it had just happened. I mean, they were just looking at him ascending. Yeah. And so for them to just be doing that and then for them to right away be like, "Why are you doing yeah, that?" No, no time to waste. Get moving. I guess the the response amongst the disciples could have been, we were just watching what was just yeah, happening. Yeah, didn't you see what just happened? <laughs> we had never seen anything like that before, you right. know? But yeah, and of course, that was the other application point that I took away, Ken, was, you know, because I hear in my, kind of my sphere of influence as I'm speaking about the Great Commission, I, I guess a general attitude amongst a lot of Christians is, well, I'm just waiting on God to do this or that first, or I need a certain amount of money, or I need to be married first, or I need to be doing things. And we've got these two guys going, hey, what are you kind of, what are you waiting for? Right. Jesus has given us this command and, you know, just get on with being witnesses and stop, you know, standing around and waiting. Sure, sure. So and I think it's also, I mean, they're trying to comfort them in a way to say, don't worry. You know, he's coming back. It's, yeah, it's that's okay. right. It's going to be all right. Right. Which in the same way, it's, hey, don't worry if you're single. Yeah, yeah. Be his witnesses. Yeah. You know, don't worry. You know, he's got this. And then you go back to, I mean, uh, another principle that we could draw out of this is, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has, has come upon you. Mm-hmm. That alone. I mean, just sit on that for a minute and go. It doesn't matter if you're single. It doesn't matter if you've just become widowed. It doesn't matter if you're, you have received power yeah. when the Holy Spirit and, you know, live and minister in that power. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's not anywhere to say, and I, I only say this because, you know, I can imagine somebody listening saying, well, you know, you, maybe they're going through a tough time or something and was, you don't know what it's like. You don't know. And, and that's not what that means. I mean, that doesn't, right. doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. Yeah, you certainly um, have hard times but, in life, right? Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't negate the obligation of, you know, to do what Christ said we're supposed to do. So, you know, there's going to be, I always think of the th- different things that we've gone through in our life, right? There's there's going to be people we meet that are going through things that we've gone through. So use that power that you've been given by having gone through that, having gotten some comfort from the Lord. And then and be a help and be a witness to that person who's going through it, right? So you can be used in so many different ways, so many different circles, just by the different circumstances that you've had in your own life. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I guess, Ken, where we get to in all of this is kind of back to the one of the you know, one of the made for missions three questions, you know, whenever we have an interview episode of the three questions. Well, I like all three of them. One of the ones I like the best is the responses we've gotten when we ask, given the passages of Scripture that address the Great Commission, do you believe that the Great Commission is a command for all Christians, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, actually, we can add not just Acts 1-8 to the passages that address the Great Commission, but this larger Acts 1, 6 through 11. I mean, it brings out even more that the Great Commission is a command for all Christians. You have you know, these ones who, well, number one, you have Jesus re redirecting and saying, hey, whatever it is that you've got going on in your life, whatever's going on in your country, 
be my witnesses, right? And don't stand around waiting for God to do this or that. Because that could have been part of it. The disciples were going, okay, he ascended. Is there something else right. that's supposed to happen? Yeah, what's next? Yeah, what's next? We don't have any idea. And the men of Galilee going, okay, that's it. Let's go. You know, and so in our own lives, it's okay, that's it. Let's, you know, let's get on it. You know, he's given right. us a job to do. So, Ken, those are my final thoughts. What final thoughts do you have as you ponder these things? Well, I just think that I think probably, you know, the same. It just that this is a this is a point where especially when God said it's this is the critical part, right? It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. We truly, truly, and we this is evidenced by everything that we see in life, right? We don't know when we're gonna die, we don't know how we're gonna die. Right. We don't know if we're gonna get sick, we don't know if we're not gonna get sick. We don't know if we're gonna lose a loved one, we don't know if we're gonna have our loved ones till the end of our days here on earth. We don't know if we walk into work tomorrow and everything's gone. We don't know if oh, we're right. going to get fired. We don't know if we're going to get hired. We don't know who's going to say what about us. We don't know who's going to become our friend. We don't know if we're going to get the right food from the drive-thru. I mean, we don't know anything. There's a lot we life. don't know, actually, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, other than what what we personally bring to the table. That's all, all we really know. So in a bigger picture, right, God has something going on. And what he's let us know is that trust in my son who I sent for you. You know, I'm going to forgive you. It's going to be based on his work on the cross. It's not going to be based on anything you can do except for accept that, (laughs) you know, and once you've entered into this relationship with me, what I'm asking you to do is go and share it with other people. Mm. That's really, you know, that's really it. I mean, God doesn't tell us to do a lot of things in his word. He he does does tell us who to care for and how, Mm -hmm. and he tells us that in all of that, we're supposed to be sharing Christ. That's right. You know, and we've talked about it enough times to know that, I mean, I go through life every single day, super busy, crazy, and fail at this on my face, failing every day. You know, how Mm. many opportunities do I miss every single day of my life to share Christ? And it's constant. It's constant. But, you know, at that, so, okay, the next minute's brand new. That's (laughs) right. So I can't change the last minute. I can only do what's required of Mm. me next. And so... I mean, I think that's the encouragement I would give is that, you know, especially people that are listening to people that might, you know, we've both, you're still in ministry. I, you know, I've been in ministry that, you know, we tag that as our vocation, right? Right. Certain times in our lives or or just at least things we're involved in. And, and from us to the pastors of mega churches, probably sometimes, especially the pastors of mega churches, but we all just fail at this every day, all day. And Christ is saying, Hey, what are you standing around for? Okay. You can't change. If you miss that one, it's time to go to the next one. You know, if you didn't do what That's you right. were required to do yesterday, let's do it today. Let's mm. go. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thanks for that, Ken. That's really great. Well, folks, uh, so great to have you with us on this latest episode of the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, I'm at missions, Mike on Twitter and Ken is at Ken Watmore. And we so enjoy having opportunities to chat and visit and Of course, on this page on my website as well, there's a comment section, uh, contact me section as well. As I mentioned, uh, feel free to go on to the 1-8 Catalyst website to find out what we're doing. We've got some new projects. In particular, I think I'm probably most excited about uh, Bible translation and this new opportunity in North Korea, which is just, you know, kind of mind-blowing. And there is an opportunity in North Korea potentially. So we're really excited about that. We're so glad that you've been with us. Look forward to having you. You know, we're coming up on our finishing our first full year of the podcast. And so I think for episode 52, we'll have some special things for you. And so next week we'll have 
David Joannis with uh, Within Weech Global talking about our next Made for Missions country profile. He actually lives in Thailand, so it's helpful to have someone who's there and on the ground, and his wife is actually Thai, so that'll be a lot of fun as well. So join us next week. And we're so thankful for having you, and we'll look forward to having you with us on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast. <laughs>